to the 580 that texted in. It said, Plank, when are you going to put up the 72 Sugar Bowl and other classic broadcasts on the podcast? I've been looking for it every day. Thank you, sir. I've run into a couple of issues with the classic broadcast. I'll just be honest with you guys here at 1003. Uh, I was going to do a softball broadcast, and I'm, I'm still going to post it this week. But um, listen, I'm just enjoying my time off too much. No. Uh, in all seriousness, they're not – the people we got the older tapes from – and I rem- I don't know, this shows how much I forget about things whenever it comes to, you know, year to year. We I remember this same issue last year. It's not full broadcasts, and there's not like a small chunk that's missing in some of these, Josh. It's like a majority of the game. So I'll go through and I'll, you know, download it all and I'll start putting it together. And then you realize, wait a minute, where'd the fourth quarter go? Like we have... We have the Ohio State game, well, the Uwe Von Shaman kick, right? But we don't have the second half. So I could sit there and go, oh, look, they put this on the list of games that we have, but unfortunately it's not there. And the Sugar Bowl, you're right, that's another one where it's not even an OU broadcast and it's missing significant parts of the game. You know, so I've got to go through and put it all together. I apologize. You're right. It's been a couple of weeks since we put one up. Um, but this uh, this week we're dropping two. We are the softball ones ready to go. Why don't you take like a Mario Lost Levels approach, right? And you could just put all of the Lost broadcasts together in one, and you can just go in between each <laughs> call and say, "Hey, and here's what's next." I don't want to be. Here's the whole thing. There's only one game that we've posted so far that is missing a significant portion. And my my hope was to to bring it as thoroughly and completely as we can. Right. So I, you know, I was going to actually put out a pod today, but I don't know the reasoning behind saying, hey, guess what? We've run into some issues with putting these together. So I'm sorry, but thanks for your patience. But I do appreciate you reaching out. It's much better to reach out here than put like a one star review and be like, I never get anything I want on this podcast platform, which is funny because you say that. Now, I, I go to the reviews a lot on all of my crime podcasts, right? Um, Every single crime podcast that I currently love or mystery podcast is like at a 4.5 or a 4.6, which in my mind, not necessarily great in the podcast world, right? I think you want to be around 4.7, 4.8, 4.9, five-star reviews out of five. Yeah, that'd be good. More people find you that way. Every Oh, really? Is that is that how it aggregates? Huh. No wonder everyone's always asking for a five-star review. That's right. Yeah, it puts you up on But it was funny because every single one of those, I went down like, well, what do you guys not like about this? What can and literally every single hateful comment was, this story could have been told in one episode. I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, every movie could be told in the first five minutes. Every, every sports show could be imploded if we're like, we're just going to wait till the end of the year and give you our takes on this. I mean, yes. Every every single guy podcast could be that way. But I do I do apologize. And I, I appreciate you checking in and asking. This is the best way to get in touch. And it's a it's a continuity and me issue more than anything else right now. We got great partners and great people, and I've received incredible feedback from everyone who's been a part of it. But it's just it's really a lot to put it together. And it's a one man operation. And I'm struggling in finding the continuity of those broadcasts that I want. It like literally goes, 2010, Oklahoma leads. And then the tape picks back up. It's like, all right, 55 to 13. You're like, whoa, what happened? I mean, there's moving ahead in the broadcast. And there's like, 
All right, we now move ahead 40 points later to where we are. And we now proceed ahead in the broadcast three seasons. <laughs> right. We will, we will now progress you to the game the following year. All right, so uh, threw this out on Twitter at Plank Show. You can follow Josh at Josh on Rep. Everybody, everybody should be following us at KREF Sports on Twitter. Yesterday, we went with teams that we thought were overvalued. Uh, I'm sure we've done this show at some point. You probably find an old tweet where I did this on the weekend show. But I felt like, I felt like in the Big 12, Josh, we didn't necessarily go too in-depth. But I just – yeah, I told you as soon as you checked the text line, you get a kick out of it. I, is there anyone we missed on teams that are getting a ton of off-season buzz that really don't deserve it? Is there – you know, there's the Naturals, right, Texas and the Michigans. They get it every single year. By the way, funny, Georgia used to be that team. Right? Georgia used to be a team that always would get off-season love, and it never materialized. And then Kirby Smart took over, and they didn't win 10 games their first year, and everyone thought they were going to suck, and they've been incredible ever since. And I, and I don't know if Clemson was that team or not, but – Clemson would always Clemson, right? When they right. would have the opportunity and they are there, they'd blow it. Cl- close but no cigar. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, Big 12, who's that, who are those teams in the Big 12? Texas? Texas, Texas Tech are really the only two people are talking about. I mean, TCU – Do you feel TCU is undervalued or I, okay. valued about right? Well, let, let, let's just start there on undervalued teams. Um, I kind of feel like TCU is naturally going to backslide. Agreed. But some would say, oh, that's just because of what happened whenever they got smoked by Georgia. I'm like, no, no, no. That's what happened whenever I watched the NFL draft and I saw so many of their – of the guys who made a difference and so many of their star players were in said NFL draft. So that's – I think I don't think they backslide because of what happened with the national championship game, Josh. I think TCU naturally backslides because they're just – they're not as good as they were last year. So it's kind of hard for me because everyone wants to say, oh, they're undervaluing TCU and they're not. But – yeah, if you're again, this comes down to perspective, right? We talked about this with Tennessee. If your expectation is that Tennessee is going to go to the fourteen playoffs and win a national championship, I don't know if I can get on board with you. But if you're putting their expectations at ten wins and playing in a New Year's Day five bowl game or New Year's Day six bowl game, then okay, all right, I, I'm in on that. TCU. I mean, if you're trying to tell me that your expect you're trying to tell me you're trying to tell me that your expectations for TCU are to go back to the playoffs, then I'm going to say you're you're a crazy person. But how about back to the Big Twelve championship game? Their over under is at seven and a half, right? Which is the same as Kansas State's, which is the two teams that played in the Big Twelve championship game last year. I don't know if you knew that or not, Josh. I was just refreshing. Kansas State, by the way, won that football game. Kansas State won it. Big defensive stand. So I, I have a hard time in really being way, way too um, in-depth on this. Maybe, maybe reading too much into it. But when you're like, yeah, I think they're underappreciated. Okay, great. That's fine. You, you got them over seven and a half. Right? But what, what's that level of underappreciation? Is it just, hey, they, they're going to win more than eight games? Or is it, I think that they're going to be back in the playoff mix? Again, it's what we do here. Sports talk radio, we overanalyze these things. I mean, there's you pull up the roster. You 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 add you two big time transfers to the receiver position. You add 
a pretty big-time transfer to help out your, your offensive line and your backfield. I mean, Chandler Morris technically is a transfer. So, I don't – I guess technically then, Josh, they would fall on that potential undervalued, underappreciated again. But, yeah, what's that level of expectation? Uh, are we – Eight, nine wins. How about this? This is one I was thinking about a lot. Just to kind of – because we didn't do just straight Big 12 yesterday. Are we maybe even undervaluing still Kansas and what they could potentially have this year? Or what's their over-under? Uh, Kansas – oh, I just I Six just and a half? literally clicked away from it. Kansas's over-under is uh, – let's see here. Why would they not put these things in alphabetical order to make it all easy for us? Uh, Kansas – yeah, six and a half is what Kansas is at right now. Would you consider that to be right on the line? Or would you consider that to be a little bit of a reach? Which, by the way, might be the greatest one-season improvement from an over-under win total that I think I've ever seen. To what was it, like two and a half last year, two? I don't even know if it was that, yeah. Yeah, and now all of a sudden they're in a position where you're like, hey, I think they can win six games this yeah, that's, year. That's, I think, about right. Jalen Daniels is uh, obviously the offensive preseason player of the year, and he's great, and we expect that. But defensively – Oh, it's six. It's six and a half in some places, which you know. Again, I think is is about right. They, they've got a non conference game versus Illinois, which right. will not be easy for Kansas. That's an Illinois team that's replacing a lot. But uh, oh, by the way, Luke Altmyer, who once upon a time in a bowl game looked like for a blip on the radar. Okay, maybe he's going to wind up being a pretty good quarterback. Mm-hmm. I like that for for Illinois. So that's. Uh, I don't think that that's a slam dunk. Ku wins that game. So six and a half to me is about right. Okay, I, I could see them winning seven. I could see them winning six. I don't see them. Uh, I don't see them finishing with just five. Probably they're going to be a bowl team. They were the biggest story in college football early last year, right? I mean, with what we thought Jalen Daniels was and, and is, he's the preseason Big Twelve Player of the Year. He's got to stay healthy. It's kind of battled that throughout his career, unfortunately. But yeah, I don't know, dude. I. I kind of tend I, – I had them on my four teams here that I had underappreciated, undervalued, and sleepers yet again. And my definition of sleeper is a team to where I look at their win total that is projected by Vegas. And you think they're going to crush I it. think they're going to crush the over. I, I think Kansas could be uh, an eight-win football – all right, hold on here. I think they could be easily – well, let me do the game. Because I did write down eight here, and then as soon as I said it, I was like – Bro, you really think Kansas can win eight football games? You know, they're going to win easy. Well, in Nevada. Missouri State, Nevada, they'll beat. They'll beat both. That scares me, though, because it's at Nevada. They were so bad last so year. So bad, right? If, to, to put it into perspective for you how bad Nevada was, Iowa scored 27 offensive points <laughs> versus Nevada, okay? They are terrible. Kansas <laughs> will, will, will raise them. Okay, all right. Well, then that, that makes me feel a little. They could bit play better. that. They could play that in any galaxy, and they will beat Nevada. They get BYU at home, an unknown BYU team, right? So I'm giving them that. I'm going to give them UCF. I'm going to give them Iowa State, and I'm going to give them Kansas. All right, Cincinnati. That's six games right there. I think they lose. They get K State at they home. They do get Kansas State at home. They get Texas Tech at home, and who knows what that Texas Tech team's going to look like by that point. KU's not beaten K-State in a long, long time, and it's in Lawrence. I don't think they're beating Oklahoma. I don't think they're beating Oklahoma State in Stillwater. I don't think they're beating Texas in they're, Austin. Insert your jokes here. Man, if you're, if you're a KU fan, the home schedule's awesome for them this year. 
Illinois. Well, it opens with Missouri State, which, okay, whatever. Right. Illinois, BYU, UCF, Oklahoma, Texas Tech, who everybody thinks is, is going to be an upstart, and Kansas State. Right. Pretty nice little home schedule if you're a Jayhawk fan. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Maybe one of their better home schedules they've had in a long time. Oh, yeah. But isn't it wild to think that – just set back for a moment. As we're talking about undervalued teams. We're talking about teams we think can surprise. For the second year in a row, Kansas comes up. And every year leading into last year, we probably would have said, gosh, I just hope they can beat Missouri State. Now it's just like, yeah, that's a win. Uh, and even though they're going to Reno, that's a win. I mean, it's just – Illinois, uh, probably maybe. they're going to win, but it's Illinois. You know, an, an, an Illinois team that actually got better, but I think Brett – Oh, I'm sorry. I think Bert Bielema is having to replace all of his uh, coordinators. That This will not get talked about in the same vein as a lot of other non-conference sure. games. That is a huge non-conference game for both, for KU and Illinois both. Like, is Illinois, who is replacing all this defensive talent, and oh, by the way, it's defensive coordinator. They, they were the nation's arguably best defense last year, Illinois was. And their defensive coordinator's off to Purdue as the head coach. Okay, so you're replacing that. Who's going to win that game? I mean, that's massive for the trajectory. KU, uh, best season in years, obviously. So whoever wins that game, I mean, the trajectory for them points in a positive direction. Whoever loses, it's like, ah, are you going the other direction again? Right. All right, let's go in depth on some of these that we got. Let's give you – I've got four. I've got four that I think are going to overachieve in 2023. I just I, – I didn't know if we did our due diligence – that's not fair to say. I didn't know if we did justice to the Big 12. Because when we started talking about overachievers yesterday, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Overvalued. Thank you. We Overrated. everywhere but like the Big 12. And I thought, all right, let's go back. Because I, I like Texas Tech this year. I just think we're, we're getting drunk on them like we did Baylor last year. I mean, it's I, – I, and, and, and listen, there's a lot of people that were guilty. I was guilty of falling in love with a couple of teams last year that were terrible – up Miami and thinking that a team was going to be really um a really bad when they were a, a pretty good football team sup UCLA right I, we all have our hits and misses but I, I want to dive into that broader look because I think I have found two two slam dunks and two eh, let's talk about eh, it we'll do it next right here on the ref we good some break yeah I don't know it's Check uh chat. All right. We're back. back into the show. <laughs> and we're back, everybody. <laughs> Music computer didn't want to work. So. Uh, we got a couple of stories oh. that are breaking here. So let's just go ahead and hit the hit the news, if you will. It's a Plank Show, uh, live on the ref with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. Make sure you follow KREF on Twitter at KREF Sports. And go download the app today. If you don't have the KREF app, it's the best way to stay in line with all things uh, on the Ref Sports Radio Network, including Steelman and Thune at noon coming up here in moments. So uh, a lot of stuff going on. Let's hit it. Number one, we're monitoring the story about LeBron James' son who had a cardiac arrest issue during practice yesterday. He is, he is stable, and it looks like he is going to be okay, but we'll continue to monitor that story as it develops. So – uh, Bronny James collapsed on the court Monday during practice. Cardiac arrest was taken to the hospital. He is in stable condition and no longer in ICU. So that's that's good news. It's just so freaky when it's, again, somebody that's young and in incredible shape. And we saw that here at Oklahoma not, not very uh, 
long ago in a workout and then then all of a sudden you get the report that everything's fine and it was just sort of a freak deal so hopefully that's the case right exactly exactly um so we'll continue to monitor that story saquon barkley has signed a one-year deal with the giants so you have uh one of the running backs that had been pretty outspoken and frustrated about his deal that is he's coming back come on josh jacobs come on back buddy Boy, he left Las Vegas. Do you see that? He's mad. He left. I don't bring Josh. If you're in Tulsa and you're listening in, man, I'm here for you. Come on, come on in. Let's do it. Probably wouldn't be a fun year to be the running back there, either. I, dude, that was his point that he brought up. He's like, listen, I, I want to come back if you guys are committed to winning. And they immediately get rid of Waller and Carr, and you're like, okay. So they're not. And, and, and it's then like you you're your quarterback, and his foot's broke. Well, and it's, you know, as the running back, you're just going to take a beating because what are they going to do? They're going to turn and hand off a oh, bunch. Josh, and, don't, don't, don't. I'm not prepared for the pain yet, Josh. I'm not prepared for the pain. I totally understand what uh, Josh Jacobs is thinking is, you know, I've only got so much tread on the tires, and, and they're just going to run me into the ground in a season that they don't even care about. Right, exactly. Exactly. So, Saquon Barkley is, is in. Josh Jacobs is still out. And then moments ago – Jalen Brown and the Celtics uh, Celtics agreed on a five-year Supermax extension worth up to $304 million, the richest contract in NBA history. So you would say a sign that they're keeping Brown and Tatum together, or is this an opportunity to uh, have him locked up and, and flip in the future? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Fair point. But that's a lot of coin. For Jalen Brown, man, good, and, good or bad deal. Can I can I put a TBD on it? It's obvious that either a like you said they feel like there's a deal out there that they might be able to flip in the future. I but, think that's what it's all about. But at least in the short term, Josh, they feel pretty good about based on this. Right? Yeah, just publicly, this evidence publicly. publicly they feel that way. It's like they feel really good about Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum together. And, and that duo, I mean, it is what it is. It's it's going to be, can they get back to the finals, and are they going to go win a championship? Yeah, exactly. All right, you ready uh, You ready to get this? I got my teams for you. Okay, let's hear them. This is our list, well, we, the royal we, of teams that I think are undervalued and could overachieve in 2023. And this is based on their number. I agree, Coach. Every, every story is a big story during the non-conference, right? It's wild. So, with that in mind, I'm going to go, I am not a gambling man. Um, but if I were to gamble, Josh Helmer, mm -hmm. I would take every penny that I have and I would put it on the Kentucky over. At last check, the over-under for the Kentucky Wildcats mm. was at six and a half. And I know it's a season where there's not a lot expected of them, right? But this was – this was a seven-win team last year, and you might say they were just a seven-win team and they had a star quarterback. I think they might be a little bit better at quarterback this year than they were last year. And they're starting 3-0. They play Ball State, Eastern Kentucky, Akron. They're winning all three of those. I'm halfway they're home. Start, they're starting 4-0. They're going to win at Vanderbilt. Right, and let's remember, last year they went to Florida and beat Florida when Florida was supposed to have the Heisman Trophy champ winner uh, in in Richardson after he made that crazy play against Utah and everyone fell in love with Anthony Richardson and Florida 
and Kentucky went in as a decisive underdog and beat them. Okay, now you tell me which of these, which three of these games they're winning versus Florida at Georgia versus Missouri versus Tennessee at Mississippi State versus Alabama at South Carolina at Louisville. Yeah, it gets a little tougher down the stretch, right? <laughs> After those first four, it's like, all right, well, yeah, it's going to be tough. I, I think I think that they can beat Missouri. I think that they can go to Mississippi State and win. Right. And then the last two, at South Carolina, at Louisville. Right. Those are the – I think they split that. And, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I mean, what about Tennessee? What happens if come October 28th, Tennessee has been struggling and not where they are, and they decide, well, let's go with the freshmen? I mean, they, if Joe Milton is the Joe Milton we saw a couple of years ago, then you're like, ugh. But if Joe Milton's the guy that we saw in the bowl game, look out. Every single team right now that is getting love this offseason, we determined this yesterday, is because they, A, won their bowl game and they have a returning quarterback that everyone's confident in. Mm -hmm. So you give me a guy in Devin Leary at Kentucky. You bring back their offensive coordinator, Liam Cohen, who is back after spending time with the Rams. I, I am all over Kentucky right now. Over the six and a half. Florida, by the way, has uh, an over/under of just five and a half. So, based on that, they're saying you know Kentucky should beat Florida. So that's number one. That's my numero uno over uh, teams that are going to overachieve based on where their number is right now. Devin Leary, the uh, quarterback yes. at Kentucky. Yeah, the guy that transferred in from North Carolina State. Who, if you go back to last year, everybody said it was going to be a Heisman contender. Ding, yeah. ding, 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 and it didn't really materialize. All right. Um, I am torn on my number two, but I think one of these teams is easily going to crush its over. Either Arizona or Arizona State. Arizona State's at five, Arizona's at five. And right now, I'm leaning heavily towards Arizona State. You know, there's going to be first-year coaches that struggle, and there's going to be first-year coaches that knock it out of the park. And I, I don't know, I kind of dig Kenny Dillingham. I think he's going to be really good. It's a 3-9 and nine football team. They've got a rough non-conference. Or, again, right, everyone matters, man. Everyone's a big story. But you've got Oklahoma State coming, coming to Tempe, and you've got Fresno State coming to Tempe as well. But the thing that scares me, Josh, is their conference schedule is pretty brutal. They open with USC, and USC's coming off a bye. They've got to go to Cal, and who knows what state Cal is in right now. Well, it's in California. But the state of where they are, you've got to go to Washington. You've got to go to Utah. You've got to go to UCLA. And you get your final two games at home, but it's Oregon and Arizona. So, you know, it's, it's tough to find five on that schedule, right? That's hard. Yes. Um, but I lean because I just – I kind of feel like they're going to be – Better. Arizona, on the other hand, I think it's a little easier to find five, right? They're going to at least win two of their three non-conference games, Northern Arizona and UTEP. You go to Stanford, who knows what they are. Uh, You go to Washington State. I'm not as – some of you all are really drinking the Oregon State Kool-Aid right now. Um, But you go to Colorado. DJ Ui Ungalale. I don't think he's going to be their starting quarterback. You don't? No, I don't. And I don't, I don't think he's very good. I think they're going well, to. He wasn't at Clemson. No, he was not at Clemson. What's the uh, 
Oh, I just had it written down here in my notes. I think the freshman is going to be the guy that ends up getting it going for Oregon State this year, but we could talk about them later. Um, Aiden Childs, I like him a lot. So I'm kind of – it's wild because to find that sixth game – I kept saying – sixth game for Arizona and Arizona State, it involves them beating each other. So I – so I'm having a tough time with that one right there. But I do think they're going to be better. And better could also mean, hey, you're not going to hit your over, but you're going to be in more competitive games. You're going to be playing a little bit tighter. So I, I know you're not as big on that one as I am, are you? No. No, I am not. <laughs> I, I don't know why. It has nothing to do with anything. Uh, I like both coaches. I think Jed, Jed Fish, Kenny Dillingham, I think they're really good coaches. So I like the over on one of those, just haven't decided yet. Two other quick ones. I just think they're both still so bad. No, don't get me wrong. I mean, we are talking about five wins. So, I mean, it's not like our six wins. It's not like we're talking about teams that are going to well, have a winning and, record. And I'll give you four and a half because at FanDuel it's, it's four and a half. Oh, really? And I still don't think either <laughs> one's getting to five. I think Miami's going to hit the over at seven and a half, and I can't I, – I don't know why. I, I can't defend it. I have no way to defend it. It's, I, I talk about this a lot and people make fun of me. I think with Miami football, as a child of the 90s, I think that I find myself falling into the, well, I mean, come on, man. Ed Reed, Michael Irvin, look, hey, Bernie Kosar, they're going to be good. And then you're like, well, hold on, bud. What are, what are you doing here? This is, <laughs> this is Tyler Van Dyke. You know, Ed Reed is not saying that he's going to put his life on the line out there in that huddle. But I'll watch it. I'm like, Miami's going to be amazing. I, it, here's where I've struggled with Miami. Because, again, it's seven and a half. That is – that's basically saying that you're, you're banking on one of the biggest improvements in college football this season. If you're going to take Miami over seven and a half, you're banking on that team being one of the most improved teams in college football. But that A&M game is at home. They beat them, or they lost to him last year, but they get him at home. The conference schedule, you know, you have to go to Florida State in week, what is that, in November 11th, week 13, 14, whatever it is. But you get Clemson and Virginia and Louisville at home. I don't know. I, I saw that number, and I immediately thought, my gosh, Tyler Van Dyke is back. They've recruited fairly well. They're – um. They, maybe there's a party that also says they can't be any worse, which is the worst way to go about any kind of theorizing or – Well, it can't get worse. <laughs> it can't get worse. Yeah, it's, maybe it can't. And I got one more here real quick before we break, and I'll let you get yours next segment. I will admit one of my buddies works for Nebraska, and I feel like every single year she's drinking the Kool-Aid. With that in mind – I think I am this year as well. Why? Because I think they can win more than six games. I think they're going to be Colorado and Colorado. I think that they're going to be, you know, I, I don't know much about Jeff Sims, the transfer from Georgia Tech, but I know what I saw I liked. So I, I like that. It feels like they're a, a little bit better depth-wise across the offensive line, but that's about all I got for you. Remember when Mark Whipple was supposed to change the world whenever he went there to become their offensive coordinator and it just didn't happen? Again, we are talking about six and a half. It's just a four-win football team last year. 
Yeah, they, they've got another one of those massive let's start the season off Big Ten games. Remember, the only game Northwestern won was over Nebraska last year. Pat uh, Fitzgerald's last win. To, uh, to start the season overseas. So they start off Thursday, August 31st at Minnesota. And uh, that that is a massive game for is Nebraska actually going to be any good? You know, P.J. Fleck has has done some nice things, three nine-win seasons mm-hmm. or more in his time leading uh, the Gophers. They've not won the West, though, right. at, at any point in time, Plank. And this is the last chance for everybody. If you've not won the, the Big Ten West, guess what? It's gone after this year. So there was one other stat that I dug deep to try to justify this one when you quickly ask the why. And here you go. Mad Rule has 15 returning starters. In his last two stops, Temple and Baylor, he had just two and one wins his first year. Mm -hmm. But they had significantly fewer numbers in returning starters. So, I don't – the one – the two that I'm like, I'm taking it to the bank and I'll bet on them is the over on Kentucky and then either Arizona State or Arizona. The other two that, like I said, I'm kind of eh, 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 Miami and Nebraska. If uh, if Nebraska opens with a win at Minnesota, they're probably going to cruise right to seven wins. And by the way, I should be very clear for those. We 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 did eliminate having a conversation about Oklahoma from this, right? We all expect them to be better and be an improved football team. Slam dunk over nine and a half for Oklahoma, which by the way is a big number, big number. But uh, as we heard Chip Patterson say, it'll be a, a fake 10 win good. I don't – what does that even mean? It means the schedule stinks. Ah, okay. And, you know, not all 10 or 11 wins are created equally. Gotcha. Fair enough. All right, quick break. Josh's underappreciated overperformers coming up next right here on The Ref. All right, Josh, who you got? Welcome back into the Plank Show, by the way. Hour 2 brought to you by Allison Insurance. Where are you going on some of your sleepers this year? So, with the full understanding that relative to a preseason media poll, this uh, wouldn't be shocking, but would you tell me that Kansas State is seven and a half wins over under at FanDuel? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm buying up that stock. Okay. Thank you very much. Defending Big 12 champions with uh, Will Howard under center. They've uh, went and gotten Ward from Florida State, who Coach Kleiman and Kansas State feel really, really good about. Uh, okay, is it Deuce Vaughn? Well, no, probably nobody's Deuce Vaughn this season for K-State. Right. But they think they think he'll be highly, highly pr- productive. And then uh, the other team, as I was perusing just the over-under win totals, yeah, I think Notre Dame's going over 8.5. I-, I love the pickup of Sam Hartman at quarterback. Oh, I like that pickup a lot. Started slow, finished strong. So uh, I think uh, there's some parallels between Freeman and Venables in the sense that year one didn't go uh, totally according to plan in a lot of ways. And year two for both, I think, is uh, I think are going to be major breakthroughs. I think Notre Dame's going to be in the mix for a college football playoff berth. It, it, let's, let's put a little caveat on that then, or a new angle. Is that going to be a team then that you would put in the TCU conversation? Can you put Notre Dame in that TCU conversation or Cincinnati that comes out of nowhere and ends up 
knocking on the door, even potentially making the playoffs this year? I don't think it'll be thought of that same way. Right, because it's Notre Dame, right? But uh, similar, yes. Okay. To where they're not – look, it's it's not Georgia, it's not Alabama, it's not Ohio State, Michigan. And if you're not one of those, then probably everybody to some degree is a little bit of a surprise. Clemson, probably not, just because we've seen them win national championships in recent memory. Florida State is trendy, so maybe not Florida State, but everybody else be a little bit of a surprise, right, if they crash the college football playoff party. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. The only thing that maybe worries me a little bit with Notre Dame is new coordinator offensively, right? How does that mesh with Hartman? Even though I guess it was a – I mean, the guy pretty familiar with Sam Hartman, so that – you know, that makes a big difference. But I don't know, dude. I, I I really like Notre Dame this year, too. I really do. The funny thing is, Josh, some of these guys are going to lose. or Some of these teams are going to lose. Like, they might lose to Ohio State in week two, right? And then it was like, oh, they're just terrible. They suck. And then by the end of the year, you look up like, oh, okay, they're a little bit better well, than I thought. Well, and depending upon what happens in that game versus Ohio State and who Ohio State is over the course of the season – I mean, that might not be the most damaging loss of all time if you run the rest of the schedule. Southern, you know, USC's on it, so you can make up some ground there. Clemson's on it, so you can make up some some ground there. There's uh, opportunities to impress outside of the Ohio State game, but, oh, by the way, you get that game at home. And it's an Ohio State team that's breaking in a new quarterback. Right. And we we forget things weren't always smooth for C.J. Stroud. In fact, there was talk he got hurt and missed a game, and they played, I think it was a couple of younger guys, and everyone's like, well, C.J. Stroud might not get his job back. And lo and behold, he ended up being the number two pick in the draft. And, on, you know, I, I say all this, and probably if you forced me to pick, I'd take Ohio State right now. Right. Just based on skill talent in that game, but I don't think it'd be surprising at all to see Notre Dame win at home but, over an Ohio State team, again, that's breaking in a new quarterback. Instant reaction to this from the 580. Uh, Notre Dame isn't making the college football playoff. you got to be kidding. But, again, we're talking about teams that could potentially overachieve this year. And you look at their schedule and you realize they brought in a, probably one of the most wanted, anticipated college football transfers at quarterback in Sam Hartman. You've got, the, you've got a young, up-and-coming offensive coordinator that you've promoted from within. What, Al Golden's back as their – Defensive coordinator, hey, pretty good depth. It hey, might be a problem. But, again, the conversation – we, we Well, have, it's also steeped in the – they're getting eight and a half wins. Okay? Right, they're more getting than anything nine wins. else. Yeah. Anything else, anyone else you want to add to that list? Uh, you had Notre Dame. You had Kansas State. There's, there's nobody else that just absolutely jumped – I mean, I think – Iowa's over-unders at eight and a half. I feel pretty strong they're winning nine, mm-hmm. uh, mostly by virtue of the fact that, you know, you got the early trip to Penn State. You have to go to Wisconsin, but you find me every other game on that schedule where you think that Iowa's not the favorite in the game, just based on its defense alone. So I like I like Iowa's over. Like Oklahoma's over. Well, I know that we can't pick OU. Well, but with that, let's – Let's bring this full circle to, you know, what the show started with. OU, their mindset, 
Cover three pod, they went over-unders. Let, let's hear what that crew had to say about where they've got Oklahoma when we come back. At least right into the top five stories today. And great text messages throughout. 405-651-3439. 405-651-3439. It's the best way to get in touch with the show. The Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. 405-651-3439. We're missing someone. Is there a team that you look at and you're like, ah, oh, kind of like them. I think they could, be, uh, they could be in that mix of a sleep. We'll dive into it next right here on The Ref. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. We've got the commitment that's coming up here in a couple of minutes. I I was asking Tyler during the break, uh, Eugene Brooks' commitment coming up at 11 a.m. this morning. 11 a.m. Remember, time zones where dudes are. They don't care about transcribing for us or translating for us. 11 a.m. Uh, Tyler is of the understanding that it's just going to be an edit that he's going to drop, so I don't think we have to worry about a live press conference, Josh. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, were you re-evaluating Notre Dame during the break when you were scrolling through? Or No. No, I, mean, I think Notre Dame's going to be really good, man. Mm-hmm. Sam Hartman was a huge transfer portal win for them. Ah, massive. I, I'm, no, I look, okay. uh, nothing anybody says has me – Flinching at all. I'm totally bought in. I think they're a national contender. All right. Uh, we need a couple calls. Let's do just that. Right, Coach T, what's going on, Coach T? Welcome to the show, man. How are you? Hello, Chris. What's up, Coach T? How you been, man? I'm great, man. I couldn't be any better. I just keep losing weight and getting Jeez. prettier, and uh, everything's good. Hey, you and I are living opposite lives. I keep uh, getting fatter and getting more out of shape, so it's, uh, it's well, a beautiful I'm lost, way. I've lost around 25, so I'm doing really well. And uh, went a while ago and did my cremation deal, setting up for my funeral when I pass. So my kids don't have to pay for it all. There you go. So, uh, <laughs> and, uh, hey, I told did you, if you read my text, I told you Dallas – Said hi at Fowler Toyota. Oh, Dallas. You know Dallas. I love Dallas and the crew over at Fowler. Love those guys. In fact, my wife and oh. I were having a conversation about the next vehicle because we're getting the kids at that age now where I've got to start thinking yep. about giving up my car. So that's my first call over to Dallas and that great crew over at Fowler yep. Toyota. They do a great job, man. Well, I'll tell you what. Dallas might be the greatest guy in the world. I think I bought about 12 cars <laughs> from him. You know, it's a Honda place, and now I'm buying – Find another Tacoma as soon as they ever get it here. Good show, but uh, he's oh, just a great guy. Great dude. Oh, man. he's a good guy. Great dude, man. Hey, let me ask you, what is uh, Baylor and TCU's over under? Oh, good question. TCU, I think. What do we seven say, and a Josh? half? Seven and a half for TCU. Is Baylor the same area there? I would have I think to they're say the exact same number. Are they? Let's look here. We've got it right in front of me. They mm. are. Uh, yep, you're right. You're absolutely right, Josh. So they are. K State, Baylor, TCU, all seven and a half. Which, I mean, you know, kind of tells you what uh, everybody thinks about the Big 12 is. Texas Tech, by the way, seven and a half mm-hmm. on, the, on those numbers as well. So, I mean, basically the odds makers are saying, yeah, there's Texas, there's Oklahoma, and then there's uh, this portion of the Big 12 that, yeah, we, we got no idea what's going to happen with any of those teams. Well, TCU, you don't know who's going to quarterback in TCU, do you? Well, it's going to be Chandler Morris right now. That's the guy they're okay. going to go with. Yeah. And how about Baylor? Who's Baylor got? Well, they've got they've Sammy got the Wyatt. Heisman winner, Blake Schaefer. <laughs> <laughs> they're no, they're giving him another year, but he's in. I, I don't, you know, Dave Aranda named him the starter, but I still don't know if he's a hundred percent sold on it yet. It just it seems yeah. a little bit dicey that there's still going to be competition there. Yeah, 
Well, I know one thing. I'm glad we don't play K-State because I've had enough of them. They do. That guy's a good coach, and those kids play hard. They do. Man, they play hard. They do. Thanks, Coach T. Have a good one, buddy. You want to fit USC Brian in before sure. we got time? Let's give Brian his time, his shine. What's up, USC Brian? How are you? You know it's always good in the neighborhood. I usually wouldn't have called today except mm-hmm. I'm sitting here watching my watching the TV and something flashed across the screen. It kind of took me back. It said that Bronny James had a had a heart had a cardiac arrest mm-hmm. and he was in ICU. But now he's in a regular hospital bed. Yeah, now. it looks like he's going to be okay. Yeah, and 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 that brings me back to a PSA I've been wanting to do for a while. Go ahead, you got about a minute, Brian. Okay, I I I, I keep trying to tell people in this heat, please stay hydrated, please take care of yourselves, do the best you can to get out of this heat. I don't care how strong you are. Because you can, your life can can flap just like that. Appreciate and, it, Ryan. And nobody's worth all that. I hear you, man. And that's hey, that's going to be a fun team to watch this year, right? You got yourself a squad for that basketball team now. I hope he's okay and able to play. Oh, yeah. All right, buddy. Thanks, See you, Brian. Brian. Oh, yeah. Quick hit from Brian today. Of course, if you were to judge by the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, there is another PSA that you should have been given, USC Brian, that has nothing to do with heat, but everything to do with. A vaccine. Vaccines in the the jab. Jab! Gosh, people. All right, quick break, quick break. When we come back. No sympathy at all. I know, right? It's just like, should have got the jab. Uh, But, Brian, that's a great PSA. I'll make sure to monitor my my aqua intake today whenever I'm mowing mowing the old yard. Hey, we'll see you guys next with the announcement of where Eugene Brooks is going right here on The Ref.